welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Blind ambition Blind ambition, blind ambition. Blind ambition. Welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast I am your host, Serial Sensei And I'm here with my co-host, the Antaku We are on episode 8 and uh yeah what's going on man that's good man not much not much especially in that 208 (laughs) (laughs) all right so before we get to 208 uh last week uh it was my fault i'll take 100 percent blame we didn't record uh because life just wasn't kind to me last week and i honestly just wasn't wasn't feeling it but i still want to go over two fights on that card so uh, before we get to 208, we will start off uh, with Korean Zombies' return against Dennis Bermudez. I was really hyped for this fight. I was so glad to see Korean Zombie back, and the fight did not disappoint at all. I, I was to be I was surprised it didn't last longer. To be honest, I thought this was actually going to be a pretty tough fight that I, I thought Zombie could edge out. But he didn't need the full five rounds. Um, his takedown defense looked really good. Like, it didn't look like he really missed a beat. There wasn't... I didn't see any rust. He did get rocked, I think, early in the first. He mm-hmm. caught... I think he caught, like, a right hand. But he got his he got his wits back together. Um, he ended up landing a return uppercut on Bermudez, which pretty much... Shut the lights out, <laughs> found it up with a little ground and pound, and that was that was all she wrote. Yeah. Um, well, the thing about it is I don't think like, Chanson Jung's been at the gym. Like, I know he got, um, there, apparently there is like a level, there are levels to like Korean military when you're conscript, uh, conscript, uh, conscripted. And if depending on how physically fit you are, they'll assign you to like a desk job or something where you don't actually have to go sit in a military barrack for like two years. All right. So Zombie waited until he like he re-injured the shoulder that was hurt in the auto fight to go and just sign up. So basically, he didn't have to be away from his family for or away from the gym very much. Like he worked his nine to five at the desk. Like doing paperwork, and then like um, he would just go and train and hang out with his family. So that's why he, you know, the grappling looked on point. Yeah, it was. And from there, it was just like getting t- your timing down. Right, and it didn't. It didn't take that long. Like to me, after about the first couple minutes, it looked like the same guy that we watched. You know, back when he was still in the game, and to me, I thought he looked even even better like he wasn't really wild with his strikes everything yeah. was pretty on point and outside of him eating that one right hand the rest of the fight for him pretty much went perfect yeah well like um lot, i know a lot of us who like watch wc still think of like korean zombies that dude who went in there against leonard garcia 
and like traded windmills for three rounds. But he, he's always been a methodical zombie fighter. Right. <laughs> for lack of term, yeah. Uh, he's artful with his brawling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and um, like at first I thought the Bermuda's fight was just like, wow, they're really just gonna throw this guy in here with a top ten fighter after he's been away for like two years. Like three now. Yeah, that was like two, two and a half, I think, close to three. His last fight was the Aldo fight, and that was August twenty thirteen. Man, yeah, he's been out three and a half years. That's a great return to be out that long yeah. and just come back. And Bermuda, it's not like that's not a gimme fight by any stretch. Like, well, that's the thing. Like, the closer we got to the fight, the more I realized like. Bermudez is, you know, he hits hard, but he's not gonna, he, he's, he's not gonna put, you know, Chance and James lights out. Yeah, he, he's not, uh, he's not a finisher with the strikes, and I don't think Bermudez is, you know, some submissions, um, you know, artist. So it, it made sense to give him that fight to make let him come back, and but like Bermudez never learns. That's the same, basically the same setup. Like you faint the jab and you throw the uppercut. When he di- when he dips, that got him in trouble against Jeremy Stevens. And this one was. Do you? I saw some people. I don't agree. That thought that stoppage was a little early. You think no. it was early? No. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't get where. <laughs> I saw a few people say that, and I was like, I don't think we saw the same knockout. Because when the uppercut landed, he clearly had he didn't know what was going on. The, the MMA fans don't want guys to go to stop fights until the fight like to the fighters out like unconscious, <laughs> right? Like, which is like, completely in the face of what boxing does. Or like, if the ref thinks you like you're just un- unable to like defend yourself or you know stop punishment, he, he'll stop the fight. It doesn't even he doesn't even have to be that to that extreme, you know what I mean? Like, if he thinks he's doing like serious damage, he's gonna just gonna stop the fight. Like, uh, MMA fans are much more, you know, let the guy die first. Yeah, that that <laughs> that gladiator mentality. You like can't it, let everybody go out on the field. You got to save. Like, MMA, yeah. there were fans who thought Fedor Henderson was a late stop, early stoppage. I'm sorry. Oh, which which what? Uh, Hendo versus Fedor. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I'll say the in real time when I saw it, I thought it was early. In real time. Because the KO happened so fast. Like, I didn't even realize that he got knocked out. But, yeah, when you saw the replay, no, it wasn't a question. Like, he was out. Like he face-planted, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Hurt my soul to watch. But, yeah, he, <laughs> he definitely face-planted. There was no coming back. But... With a zombie coming back, getting a win over somebody in the top 15, I'm pretty sure when... The, did the rankings come back out already? Uh, yes, I think he's ninth now. I'm not sure. Let me check. So, without looking at the rankings, I don't have him in my face right now. Uh, he's tied for... Yeah, he's tied for like seventh with top Charles Oliveira and Yair Rodriguez. So, I... Uh, the UFC's matchmaking kills my soul. So, I immediately thought Korean Zombie versus Yair or Korean Zombie versus Cub. And instead, we have Cub. (laughs) 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 Jesus Christ. 
comes from, I think it's the meet up Artem Love uh, for a minute. Artem Love, and it's that's a main event, right? Yes. Jesus Christ, that we were that's robbed. What, that's we, what happens when you are best friends with Conor McGregor. <laughs> and I mean, I know it's it's MMA. Anything can happen, but uh, like. Korean versus Cub could have been such an awesome, could have been such an awesome fight. I mean, that's not the question. I mean, but yeah. now, now if it happens, it'll be later rather than sooner because yeah. we'll have to watch Cub probably beat on uh, Artem. No, no disrespect to him, but I mean, it's worth <laughs> it's worth noting that two of these top ten featherweights that they have listed. I think are officially back at um, lightweight. The Bronx and um, Pettis are. I don't think they're fighting at featherweight anymore. Yeah, the Bronx is fighting. Who's the Bronx fighting? I think Will, he has a fight. He's fighting oh. Will Brooks, I think. Yeah. I don't see him doing too good at lightweight. He's such a small. What? I think he's fair size, like a fair size lightweight. He's just skinny. Like he's five ten. Yeah, he is really tall, lanky. He's lanky, and I don't think he's physically weak. Like Jeremy Stevens was a okay lightweight, and dude was uh, he was still able to toss him around. Like we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, that that matchup, man, UFC, I gotta get it together. That's not <laughs> that's not cool, man. Dude, but... <laughs> in the last two weeks, UFC has let go of how many top ten fighters? You just been like, no, you're not gonna work here anymore. They, they they cut. Uh, they're not bringing back Ryan Bader. They're not bringing. Um, Dana got mad at Misha Serkinov, and he's just like, "Nope, you're gone too." Lorenz Larkin is now officially a free agent, and he's like out of the yeah. UFC rankings. Um, Kyojo Horiguchi is now you know rumored to be a free agent, and his exclusive contract negotiating period is up. So that means they negotiated and couldn't come to terms, which means that he's probably going to end up in Ryzen. And that's the four I remembered. Like how many uh, like like Rick, uh, like Rick Story is gone. Like he's not a top ten fighter that had a lot of like, upside, but he was still like he was a good, he was a solid, yeah, he's solid a, dude. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a solid guy. And um, who else was there? There's just a whole bunch of people. It just made no the sense way, to me. Just starting the wasteland. This is WME ran all over it. But... Yep. Well, before we get off the zombie fight, so I'm looking at the top ten now. Um, right. Brian Ortega or Jeremy Stevens? Um, if I had to pick, I actually probably would go with Ortega, just to see if Ortega can beat somebody of that caliber. Yeah. Just to see how he, because I mean, as long as Korean's been out, ass, he, that's a tough ass fight for him too. That is. Like that's that's not. I'm getting beat up by Clay Guida for the majority of the two rounds, and then I'm and gonna then, catch him in the subway. <laughs> Right, that's, that's a guy who won't tire out, who, who will yeah. put it on you. But I think, regardless of who would win that fight, it would be entertaining. It, but yeah. the Green Stevens top. fight I wouldn't be mad at that either. The Stevens fight would be crazy. And then I guess for Bermudez, it's uh back so, to the. Hell, I'd be mad, I'd be happy with Bermudez Stevens too. Yeah, didn't. Didn't Stevens? One of them was overweight. The first fight. Um, was it? I don't I, I'm pretty sure. I thought one of them was overweight. I thought Stevens came in over. 
Uh, let me check really quick. Get to hop on to the next fight. They should definitely run that back, though. That fight was awesome. Uh, yeah, Stevens came in at 149.5. Yeah, I thought I knew one of them did. Well, yeah. Dennis Dennis tweeted out the next day that Dana White said he could have the rematch, and then Dana White said, I never said that. This man obviously (laughs) has brain damage. Hopefully they run that back. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Zombie, whoever he, he fights, whoever they match him up with, hopefully... They don't screw up his matchmaking, but oh my god, watch him, watch him, watch him match him up with Edgar. <laughs> I mean, at least that's a step forward, though. Cub just took like four steps back, but but well, it's, it's probably you know it's probably gonna be um, Edgar Lamas. I'm down for either of those. I'm down for any zombie yeah, fight. I'm either. down for any of those. Yeah, but uh. On to the next fight from UFC Houston. Uh, the last fight on that card, we'll talk about uh, Jessica Andrade versus Angela Hill. Um, Angela Hill made her way back to the UFC after going to Invicta and pretty much handling business there. Um, comes back to the UFC. <laughs> Once again, does not get an easy outing. Uh, definitely got thrown right back in the fire. And this was an awesome fight. It's amazing. A lot of Angela Hill looks so good. Just a lot of footwork, a lot of movement. She ate a ton of shots that I feel like a lot of people just would have died from, and somehow <laughs> she she was still sticking and moving. But as good as she looked, Andrade at one fifteen is just savage. A savage, just animal. And she, Jessica Andrade at one fifteen is basically John Lineker in a sports bra. Like, <laughs> God, like, like, I never see two fighters who fight just so alike. But like, I feel the, like the, she's the more dangerous. The difference is like Andrade; she fights in a division where like the women just hit way less hard than the men. So like, it's so much harder to scare her off her game. Like, John Lineker, like, you saw him, we didn't see that until he fought T.J. Dillashaw, but it's still, like, the, the, there were still guys who could crack him, you know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, Hill hits really hard at, at 115, but, like, is she going to stop Jessica Andrade? And another thing, I don't think Andrade has um, Lineker's jab, like, his ability to box from the outside a little bit. But she does carry her, like, she does take her feet with her when she moves. Where John Lineker will just, like, jump at you, like he did against Dodson. And she does not let you breathe. No, like, not at she all. Was, if it wasn't for Angela Hill's footwork, and even with the footwork, like, like Andrade just, just... Just sheer ch- toughness, like... Yeah. I mean, and the way she throws combinations, like, it's... There were times in that fight where, like, I was scared for Angela. Like, <laughs> some of those hits are just, they're so vicious. And then you would think somebody that strong that around, like, maybe towards the end of the second or the third that the cardio might fade. And that moment just never happened. Like, she plotted for the entire time, kill shots the in every throw, and she just never got tired. Well, I know a lot of people are worried about her cardio, not just because of, um... That was just because, you know, her just style, just I'm going to march forward and throw a million punches around. 
But because uh, she got she tired out um, when she was playing a band weight. But she's also was she five one and a half, and she's an inside fighter going up against Raquel Pennington. Right. Like of, of course she's gonna tire out. You know what I mean? So, well, I wasn't as worried about her cardio as much as her being able to take a punch when she's mo- constantly moving forward, but it, she was 100% just fine. I think yeah, she was... I think she's going to beat in J-Trick. I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm, I'm definitely interested. I, I know, I, I can't call that fight yet, but She's gonna give Young Jacek some problems, like, like you said earlier. She doesn't, she doesn't shy off from getting hit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she gets hit and she's almost offended. Like, <laughs> how dare you, <laughs> like, come in here and think that you're just gonna punch me and I'm just gonna let it go. Like, yeah, that's that's a scary. If I'm a fighter and Dana calls me and tells me, you know, that's my next opponent, I'm pulling a hamstring. Probably the next day. Or... Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I don't. Oh, God. Like, Valerie Returno. Well, not Valerie Returno. Um, Carolina Kovalkovich. Koya Gadelia. And did she? Um, did, uh, did, um, did Returno drop her, too? Or was it just those two? Oh, I know. The, I know she took her down. I, I don't think she hurt her. I don't think Laterno dropped her. She, she rough. She did rough her up a bit, though. Yeah, like, like she roughed her up a lot more than people thought it, she would. If if they were able to do it, especially Gadelia, who basically knocked her down like three times in like the rematch, if I remember right. Like, if they could do it, Jessica Andrade could do it. And if Andrade hits you, it might be a flat line. Yeah, like, and, and you have to you have to figure, figure like she's been through some crap as of late. Like, the like I said, the Kovalkovic fight, she basically dominated. Besides the one point where she got not she got hurt really really badly. And then the Gedalia fight probably took years off her career. Yeah, she's she's definitely gonna have to be on on her A game. Yeah, like there's no, there's no room for error. Not at all. One one mistake, instant flatline. <laughs> and I hope, I hope they bring back Angela Hill. I, I definitely, as good as she looked, I know she lost, but that Angela Hill that I saw can beat a lot of other people in that division. The Angela, the Angela Hill that left could have beaten a lot of people who were in yeah. that division, like. Well, who, no, I forgot cut the first time. But, like, I can't, like, her, three of her first, three of her, four of her first five opponents in the UFC were Carlos Esparza, Tisha Torres, Rose Namajunas, and Jessica Andrade. Yeah, no easy, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, straight only, to the wolves. She's only been fighting since 2014, if I remember right. That's insane. Hold up, Esparza was her first? She fought on tough. Okay. In the first round of tough. Even Mind you, she was 1-0. and She had literally just had her first MMA fight like a couple months earlier so she could qualify for the season. Wow. So you go 1-0 and then you basically get thrown in with a champ. Yep. 
But I'm pretty sure. I mean, off that performance, I feel like you got to bring her back. She uh, absolutely. Yeah. They're definitely going to. Yeah, and I don't care really who they match her up with. I just, I want to see her do well. Definitely fun to fight. I mean, fun to watch fight. And yeah, Andrade on Jake Check. That's gonna be. That's gonna be fireworks, or it might be a flatline. Well, yeah. we'll we'll see whenever that happens. Uh, so that's a I guess that's a wrap for UFC Houston. Um, so on to good old UFC 208. Um, yeah, to be honest, this wasn't the. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible from top to bottom. Only... Yeah, on a on a scale, I don't like the fighter bash, but I would say on a scale of one to ten, this card was. I mean, all right, so. For the main card, it, it did start off good. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, I'll say none of these fights, except maybe I, I can't comment on Silver Brunson. I'll be upfront; I didn't watch it. None of these fights were terrible on their own. None of them were like Gonzaga versus Erokin, where they're just like looking at each other <laughs> and like just trying to do stuff. But they were the ones that the fights that were competitive were competitive in the worst way. And the fights that were one-sided were predictably so. You know what I mean? Like Ryan LaFair, Ryan LaFair just like by like uh, fucking, boxed <laughs> Carnero. Yeah, like uh, cardio kickboxing Ryan Carnero, Carnero, and Carnero doing nothing because he can't fight at one seventy because apparently it drains all his energy. Yeah, this this card was uh it didn't have a lot of highs. Definitely yeah. has some lows. Like um, if if you want to go and rewatch fights from like the prelims, the only two I'd re- I could recommend with good conscience are Wilson Hayes versus Oka Sasaki and um the Muhammad Brown fight. Yeah, the rest of these were kind of just yeah. But uh, and then the only really good fight on the main card was um the opener. Yes, yeah, which we'll definitely get to because that fight, yeah, that fight was awesome. I expected it to be awesome, and I'm glad I wasn't wasn't disappointed. But uh, I guess we will start from the top. Uh, <laughs> Jermaine Durandamy and Holly Holm uh, squared off for the 145-pound title. Um, this was not the most interesting fight. Uh, well, I feel like the most interesting moments were all of the controversial moments. <laughs> <laughs> the, the rest most of the interesting fight. part for me was when my, uh, Winklejohn was in the corner screaming kickbox kickbox <laughs> and Holly Holm just completely ignored him and just went back to trying <laughs> to, to wrestle clinch. her <laughs> yeah this fight so yeah for the listeners so since it's been like a while since this fight happened I had to rewatch this earlier today and alright so in real time I scored it for Holly uh, three to two. I gave Jermaine one and two. I gave Holly three, four, and five. Uh, rewatching it, I guess I can say I pretty much came to the same conclusion. But I will say though, now that rewatching it, when in real time, I, f- I, I felt like I was like sure, like hundred percent Holly home won that fight. Rewatching it now, if somebody says Jermaine won. I might not completely agree, but I get it. Yeah. She, she, especially early in the fight, she did land the harder shots. 
I think her problem, well, I can't say problem because she won, but I think my thing with this fight was I probably would have been more inclined to give it to Jermaine, but I felt like the entire fight she was just kind of waiting for the counter, yeah. and she wasn't doing much else. But then on Holly's end, to be honest, I mean, she she does her little three-punch blitz, you know, and then she'll throw in her sidekick, and she kind of just played the outside and aside from the few times that she dropped uh, Durandami, that she didn't do, honestly, too much either. So it was kind of a, a pick'em fight. And then you throw in the, the late hits, which the rough, I can't remember the rough's name, but, I mean, um, I, don't, I don't understand how a point wasn't, t- like, those late hits were bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were... These were blatantly just late, especially after rewatching the first late hit. It was so far after the bell. I don't know how the first time he didn't just take a point. Just off top, she should have been deducted a point. But yeah, what what, what were your 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 thoughts on this uh <laughs> this, this this fight? Uh, one, let me just check real quick. Okay, yeah, Lenny Freskitz, I think that's his name. Um, that's Holly Holmes' agent. I don't. Uh, I made this point somewhere else, but I don't think he understands MMA at all. Like he understands like being an agent and getting big fights and like getting Holly Holm the biggest paycheck he can. But when your client is zero and two in her last two fights, and like she literally just got embarrassed by a kickboxer in her last one, where it, like it was pretty clear through the fight that she had no idea like how to adapt to somebody who knew what she was going to do. Why you would go out and fight a nut, an arguably better kickboxer? <laughs> like maybe not a better MMA fighter, but a better kickboxer. And I understand where he's coming from. Where oh, it's a title fight and it's a main event, and I can, you know, get Holly Holm this much money, and we can headline in Brooklyn and do this big gate or whatever. And but you're a, you come from boxing, man. Like you should know your client needs a rebound fight. Yeah, like this was oh my god, this is like this is like the definition of a trap fight. I guess high risk, high reward. You you win, you you're a two division, you know. Uh, I understand that part of it, uh, but like the thing, she changed nothing up from the Valentina Shevchenko fight. Like she's still throwing the same like, three four piece combinations from twenty feet out. And getting countered with just like the most basic of just technique. I th- when she first started doing the clinches, it didn't bother me. So I was like, all right, she's she's switching up the flow. She's giving her something else to think about. And maybe if she can land the takedown. I thought she was just trying to tire her out. Like, I, like that. Yeah, I don't... that was Holmes' main strength in going to this fight, uh, where Jermaine is just the. Uh, like she's old, uh, home is old, but home hasn't dealt with as many injuries as Jermaine has, and Jermaine has a full time job as a cop. So I'm like, okay, she's going to you know put the cardio where from here. Like she can't kickbox with her, she can't take her down. She's gonna put her in the clinch, try to break her from there, and just put the volume on her afterwards. But she just kept going back to the clinch. Like I, th- yeah. I guess she thought she was winning because she could get Jermaine to the fence with like the greatest of ease. 
but it was like when she got to the fence, she didn't really... She accomplished she, nothing. Yeah, she didn't do much, aside from, I guess you could say, having an advantageous position. Maybe, I guess, you count that as, like, control, octagon control. Yeah. But, yeah, other than that, the clinch didn't do well for her. The few times I think she tried to take down, I don't think she got any. Like, um, I've seen, like, home shoot for takedowns before. Like, I think she did against was uh, Angela Hayes back yeah. when she did her one promotion, like, her thing where she promoted her own fight and gave her opponent, like, $10,000. Like, um, she shot for a takedown, it was alright. Like, the, the ones she shot in this, the ones she was shooting in this fight were ugly as crap. Like, her head was all, like, in her chest, and she was like, ugh. I wonder if she just felt, like, out of place, because she doesn't do, you know, that's not a typical thing we see from her. Yeah. So maybe, like, it probably, I'm guessing it probably just didn't feel like a natural motion. But then, go I, for then, I have to, then I have to wonder, why was she doing it, you know? Because it, it seemed like it wasn't part of the game plan. Because Wickle John's just screaming his head off. <laughs> I'm but, gonna guess and say the counters that Jermaine were landing were definitely pretty hard. Like the ones that she landed, they were they were pretty flush. The, um, she yeah. probably ate a few of those and probably like, all right, let me see if I can, I can weave something else in here. Yeah, probably. But, but like. The worst part about it is she had once she got out of the clinch and like landed that head kick that dropped her in the third. Beautiful kick. Beautiful oh. kick. Beautiful kick. And she just never went back to it. Like, what do you think about her? Because I read too, she's appealing the loss. Um, get it any way you can. <laughs> I'd be very I'd be pissed too if I got hit twice after the bell and the ref did nothing. Yeah, when I saw the appeal, I mean, I, I I'm not gonna say I, I don't want to see this fight again, but if I'm Holly home, I'm probably pretty pissed too because yeah, like we mentioned, those late hits were just those were atrocious. There there was no excuse for those late hits. So, uh, yeah, I'm not mad if they run that back. And I, maybe, my maybe... favorite part was like after the second one, he's like, if you do it again, I'm gonna take a point. Right, and it's like, dude, she did this already. The, the first one was worse. <laughs> like, like, dude, you only get for three? Like, yeah, like, uh, like you should just been like, if you do it again, you, you're out the fight, or yeah, or just take the point right there. Just it's absurd. really this. I can't remember. It might have been in the Brunson fight, and I don't know if it was the same ref. There was another moment on this card where somebody had got a takedown. The Poirier that, fight. And he was in a dominant position. He was, yes, he was like, like he was like landing little elbows from like, um, what was it, inside of like Jim Miller's half guard. And it was, mm-hmm. it was the third round after he, like, he spent the entire fight getting, or the, the entire round just like wobbling around on his one leg. Right. His one good leg, and he finally got the takedown. And the ref was just like, nope, you're going to stand right back up and fight. Yeah. And he's like, dude. And it was. <laughs> well, do you have Jim Miller money? Do you have money on right. Jim Miller? Like... <laughs> like, and the referees just, it wasn't all of them, but like those moments just kind of added to this card, like, just kind of being a bit. How, just, how yeah. quickly did New York take to become like a, the biggest joke? Like this is the third event and like there's just been problems on every single fight card. I mean, hey, they're, <laughs> they're trying to get their feet wet. Maybe eventually they'll. Maybe if they had actual, if they didn't charge out the ass, 
to let you know small promoters come in and they can get some practice on those promotions, yeah. or just bring refs in from Jersey or something. You know, yeah, whatever. They're gonna, they're gonna figure something out because this can't. Luck, luck. I mean, it shouldn't happen on any fight, but I would say luckily this was this fight and not say, you know, uh, I don't know any other title fight you could think of that's not in this division. Where's the um Buffalo card? Uh, it's the two. T- oh God, um, the Cormier Johnson fight is when they come back to New York. Oh. Who's on that card? Weidman, Gegard, Brooks coming. Okay. I'm looking for like the one where like the one guy in the fight is, you know, like particularly known for being just like insane. Like just <laughs> having weird crap happen during his fight, like Yoel Romero or something. Man. Maybe Weidman. But... Maybe that fight will be like Weidman Musasi will just be all like shenanigans by the ref. <laughs> I guess for Jermaine. Alright, so, hypothetically, let's say they don't run it back. Let's say she loses the appeal. Um, are, are we really excited for Jermaine and Cyborg? I am excited to see Cyborg. Yeah, that is true. I'm not excited, um, I'm not excited for, you know, women's 145. I'm willing to give it time. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm willing to stick it out. I know, I know it's going to start off rocky. It's, it's definitely going to start off rocky. It's not gonna. It's just not gonna start off rocky. This is, this is a ten year thing. Like, I, like I'm dead. Like, women's featherweight is worse than men's heavyweight when it comes to just finding talent. Well, they'll bring in Megan Anderson, and we'll just. Well, and then they'll have two. <laughs> and then they'll have two fighters in the division. Uh, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> but we could have flyweight. We could have atom weight. And flyweight and atom weight would have been a much better. Hell, we could have just gone like complete freak show and just made like 145 and up just like the heavyweight division <laughs> and just have Cyborg fight Gabby Garcia. <laughs> so for 145, do you think home come back? Think she goes back to 145 or do you think she drops back down? Um, I'm gonna assume the UFC is going to. To Deronda me um, cyborg, and they're going to try and find a way to um, get home a quick win. I don't know if they bring in someone like uh, Charmaine Tweet or Megan Anderson or something, and then just have home fight so uh, cyborg after cyborg. she murders G- uh, Jermaine Deronda me. I, I, I really I, like I, this is and. If not, they're probably going to bring in Megan Anderson in to fight her. They won't give her. Oh. They should just give her Amanda Nunes. Just like like after she after she fights Valentina Shevchenko and she wins, just let her beat Jermaine for the title, and you have a, you have something to market. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you have this girl who not only beat the two biggest names in women's MMA or in MMA in general, I guess. On the biggest cards of 2016, but she also came back the next year and became a two division champion. What the hell? Just something positive. Nunes and Cyborg. That's a that'd be a fun fight. That's the best. That be that's fight. the best fight for Cyborg right now. That's a fun fight. We can only dream though. With this matchmaking, I'm not too. I'm not too sure what I'm gonna get from week to week, so I try not to hold my breath. You, you, the, the, <laughs> you know the craziest part is matchmaking has been solid. 
Except they, they do these mind-boggling things, like make Holly Holm and Jermaine Durand to me for the title or put Cub Swanson in there with Arm Webb of. Yeah. Like, it's like the, the bad ones they do really stick out. Like, yeah. Like, otherwise, like, this, like, the main, uh, this, I, I, what I'm thinking happened is they promised Brooke, the Barclays Center a title fight if they helped them get legislation through. Like, if they helped them build, like, local support for MMA. And they promised, they promised them the date in the title fight. They kind of blew their wad in the fall and winter with all the, you know, the crazy shit that was going on with 205 and everything. And, um, they didn't have anybody. So, and they really wanted Cyborg or they thought they could get Cyborg and they couldn't. So they just stuck with what they had. Well, but like, I don't know what the numbers for this card were, but it was the largest, um, sports gate for the Barclay Center ever. Oh, live gate. Alright, well, good good for them. But at least they did numbers. Uh I don't think the product was <laughs> wasn't all that awesome, but hey, you gotta They do this card together on like four weeks notice. Like Silva, um Jacare, Brunson, Bolch, like those fights were made in December. They were made like mid January. I wanna say. Well hopefully the next time they come back here we won't have as many uh shenanigans but uh, i guess that's pretty much all to talk about for for that fight um i guess the co-main <laughs> i can't stick on too long since uh you didn't watch it but i'll give my two cents uh anderson silva Derek brunson um i just went into this fight praying that anderson didn't get knocked out he did not get knocked out so i was a happy camper mm-hmm. um i remember i, I probably should have rewatched this fight too but I think I gave this 2-1 Anderson. I think I gave Anderson the first. Derek Brunson's gave... very upset with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, from, from my spotty memory, I, I feel like the first round, neither one of them did a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I don't remember either one of them doing too much. So I think I just gave it to Anderson. Because I, I can say during this fight, Brunson was a lot more tentative than I thought he would be. Yeah. But then I guess, hey, I mean, a 40-year-old Anderson, he's still Anderson. He's still got tricks up his sleeve. And I can say Anderson looked as good as a 40-year-old could look. I mean, the times that he did get loose, he, he kind of had little splashes of the old Anderson. You know, he looked like he was out there kind of having fun. Uh, Brunson, I gave the second round. He did really good in the clinch. Anderson kept let, letting him land punches, which was terrifying me because I was sure a knockout was coming. Luckily, it didn't happen. The third round, I feel like I thought Anderson got loose a little bit. He was landing good combinations, but that's one of those fights, I guess, kind of like the main event. You probably could make an argument for either or, and it was cool. Anderson had a nice little heartwarming uh, post-interview. He seemed really in good spirits just to be be fighting again um yeah. i was puzzled though that brunson's isn't he <laughs> is he also on the protest bandwagon well the um isn't, the uh, i'm going to i'm going to go to the appeal bandwagon. Yeah. yeah he's appeal he's appealing yeah see what i don't get though like holly holmes appeal i understand 100 percent. yeah like you you've definitely got valid reasons brunson i can't Nothing against him, but it's not like Anderson did anything foul or so. I don't. I don't know where his appeal argument is. 
I think he's going to ask them to change the score. I think they're going to laugh at him and say, you, you can't undermine our judges like that. <laughs> but, um, I don't... Yeah, I guess... Uh, um, what I'll say about Anderson in 2017 is it's... Um, I don't... Th- like, well, Anderson was still knocking people out. I don't think he was like, in his prime prime. You know what I mean? Like, physically. Right. I think he realized over time that if he wanted to stick around, he was going to have to slow down his style. And because of that, he became, like, a pure counterpuncher. But he, was, uh, he got away from that sh- uh, shoes box mentality where you had to be aggressive. All right. And um, I think that's why he was in this fight. Uh, like and, and the Bisping fight, to an extent. Where, like, he uh, he has trouble pulling the trigger now. He's older. The openings aren't as open for him. Right. But he's still able to hang around and fight because technically he's still Anderson Silva. He's still a great striker. Yeah. And, yeah, like, he's still... You can tell he's lost a bit of a step. He's not, not as much zing on the punches. Yeah. He's not as fast. But the skill is still there, and you can't... You can't take that lightly, which is I'm pretty sure why Brunson was a tad bit tentative, and he ate a few shots where he probably was like, "All right, the, you know, old guy still, there's something still in the tank." Yeah, <laughs> but my whole reason for picking uh, Brunson in this fight was um, uh, straight up. I thought he was going to get after him and hit him. Apparently, he didn't. Like, it probably never just put his foot in the guys. So yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe after the Whitaker fight, he probably. Actually, I think he mentioned that too. That in the Whitaker fight, he he knew that he got a bit reckless. Yeah, and he didn't want to repeat the same mistake. So, but hey, another win for for Anderson. Uh, good good luck on that appeal. I don't think you'll get it, but hey, um, <laughs> more more power to you. Uh, uh, next fight down. Another fight I was excited for because I love watching Jacare fight. Uh, Jacare took on Tim Bosch. How Jacare hasn't gotten a title shot already, I don't know. But, hey, if you want to stay active and keep fighting, um, I'm not going to stop you or protest. Merits don't pay salaries, bro. (laughs) That is very true. Um, Not a whole lot to talk about in this fight. It went one round. Um, Bosch did land one hard shot. That scared me for a brief second, but after that shot, uh, it was a takedown, and then it was pretty much Jacare being Jacare, and he gets the Kimura, and he he passed Bosch's guard like he makes dudes look like they just never trained jujitsu at all. Like, like Tim Bosch <laughs> is a strong ass man. Like he, like, he looks like your uncle, but he's a strong-ass man. Right. <laughs> and, like, yeah. which makes it all the more weird that this is the third time I think he's been Kamora in the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil Davis, um, Luke Rockhold, and now Jack Rysosa. Like, no one to be, like, ashamed of, but, you know. Yeah. Wait, does this... Jacare just like it was so effortless. Yeah. Like I don't. He probably he probably didn't break a sweat. Like yeah. that was just business as usual. Dude, if you, if Luke Rockhold's gonna be away because he's hurt, and Chris Weidman's gonna be away because he's hurt, 
and Yo Romero and Michael Bisbing are going to, you know, trade barbs and whatever. Just John Gray versus anybody else is not a fair fight, basically. Like, we we saw him rematch Gregor Mazasi and just toy with him. Mm. <laughs> we don't even got to mention the Vitor fight. I forgot. Oh, God. Like, yeah, he... who, who's he going to fight next? Like, Gastelum? If... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, there's no... Gastelum, I mean, other than Whitaker? a title shot, there's like, no, I don't, I don't want to see either of those. I mean, I like I like Gaslam. I like Gaslam a lot, but just, anybody not named, anybody not named like Romero or Wadman, I think Jacare runs through. Yeah, I, I want to see him in Bisbing because I'm a huge Bisbing fan, but I'm a big Jacare fan too. So I just I will I want to see them fight, even though. I, I probably honestly would edge towards Jacare. Like, like if you had asked me after like Bisbing, I wouldn't say though who would beat Michael Bisbing. I would tell you, you know, pick a top eight, top seven fighter. Like that list is kind of sh- like shrinking. Like I, like I can't pick Mike uh, Chris Weidman against him. Like, I can't pick Luke Rockwood against him because he hasn't fought since, and it appears that he's just constantly hurt. So. You know, your Jacare's and your Romero's and your Whitaker's and Gastelum, if he beats the crap out of Vitor Belfort, like I think he should. Th- those are your contenders right now. And Gegger. Yep. If he can get in but... the country. <laughs> <laughs> That's another. <laughs> That's like a whole other podcast. Oh, man. I hope he gets back in. Uh, uh, I actually wouldn't mind seeing him and Bisbing either. I think stylistically that would be a fun fight to watch. Man, but, if I'm Gaggard, if I'm Gaggard and that Wyman fight falls apart, I just go to two hundred five. Pretty much, because now that that's like a wasteland. I mean, you get one win at two hundred five, you're basically not too far from a title shot, <laughs> especially with somebody in his name. But oh yeah, I was oh yeah, you said the Rockhold is hurt. Cause I was gonna say. Cause the the Jacare Rockhold too, we we never got that fight, and I my interest in that fight is kind of waning a little bit. But if that fight would happen, I still would love to see it because the first fight was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I was trying to think though, who has gotten who's evolved more since that first fight? Ooh, out of those two, uh, out of Jacare and Rockhold. Um. Tough, God. Because I, I wanted, I wanted to say Jacare because I think his hands have gotten a lot better. Yeah, but like, but like Rockhold wasn't that amazing of a striker in Strikeforce, and like he got so much better when he got to UFC. And I know he's had some bad, I can't say bad losses, but you know, like his losses have been kind of like. You know, they've been not so kind to him. Yeah. But when he's on and he looks good, like... He's the best middleweight not named Yo Romero. Right. Like, he's he's a killer when he's on. So I, I would definitely be interested to see that, that rematch. I probably... I think I would pick Jacare, but if, if Rockhold won, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Like, at this point, I'd pick most top five middleweight over Rockhold until I see him back and healthy. Maybe not Weidman because I don't think Weidman's healthy either. 
I think coming back after getting neck surgery and like when he, he got back to training like five weeks later, like that was dumb. He came back at Fort Yoro Romero and got kneed in the face twice. Ooh, yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> so brutal knee. Like I know he wanted to fight in New York, but like, yeah, you gotta. Yeah, I hope to see him back though. I hope I hope he he makes it back. But yeah, man, Jacare, he's still Jacare. He's they gotta give this man the title shot sooner or later because the dude's just such a killer. But uh, guess on to the next fight. Uh, when I saw this matchup, I was a bit puzzled. Um, <laughs> hey, dude, it's, it's in the tradition of Glover Teixeira has to fight every 205 prospect ever so that they never get any traction. So we get Glover Teixeira versus a uh, former heavyweight, uh, Jared Cannonier. Sorry if I'm butchering his name. Um, I mean, uh, I guess this fight was kind of what I expected. Um, you got a really, really highly ranked dude fighting, you know, a guy who, basically a, a prospect. A guy. Yeah. And but I mean, props to Cannonier though. Um Dude, he, he looked, for a hot second he looked like he was about to um do something in the first round. Right. Yeah, he he wobbled he wobbled to share that one time and it was kind of a moment like, oh, like okay. he might you know He might have a new top ten light heavyweight. But, right. <laughs> but Tashera man Tashera is so well rounded like the hands are good he was getting pretty much takedowns at will like, it just it, it didn't really matter Sarah is like uh, he is I want to say he's a throwback but he is very good at certain things at certain parts of like like he's not a great wrestler but he is a very good um he has a very good how was it like snatch single leg Right. I don't think like everybody always talks about how he's like this great boxer. I, like I, he has a good overhand right and understanding of distance. And and, and you know he showed off like decent like boxing skills. I guess but he's not an amazing striker. You know what I mean? He's a well put together fighter. Right. But what he's... he does best is when he gets on top of you. Like once he gets you down and he's in your guard and he's passing and he's going for submissions and throwing ground upon everything like that. Yeah, and there's just nothing you can do. And that's kinda I mean, props to Jared. I mean, he was hanging in there, he he was trying to amount something, but it was just one of those experience things pretty much. I mean, you fight a guy like Glover, he's been around forever and he's really high skilled. There's but only so much just like to point this out, you should not get snatched the snatch single to the um to just getting like fully mounted or whatever, like he did that six times in this fight, like that's basically the experience gap between these two right now. Yeah, and I was really surprised that so many people were like really on that cannoneer train where they thought, oh, he's going to go in there, he's going to you know, Glover is past his best days, which is true physically, but just. Because uh, what they were uh, there was a lot of talk after he knocked he got knocked out by the very first punch like Rumble landed on him. But that was like that's Rumble. I mean, but yeah, one one is <laughs> Rumble. That would have happened. One is yeah, that would have happened to anybody. And two, if like if, if we're talking about um, Rumble broke like potentially breaking Glover, 
And Canada just getting in there and just being the guy like beat them after that. I think that's more of an, an that would have been more of an indictment against like where Glover was at at 37 years old and like when he started fighting, 15 years of fighting. You know what I mean? As opposed yeah. to Canada being like this super talent who's just about to blitzkrieg to the division. Like Kutalaba took him down at will. Like he like Glover Canada uh, got up, but like. Kutalaba, I think that was the first training camp since he became an MMA fighter where he went back to his wrestling. Hmm. Like, to go actually, like, he he spent he spent all his MMA time training in a boxing gym. That's how he was preparing for fights. And if you're getting taken down by the guy who isn't even doing his wrestling anymore, like, the experienced fighter who knows how to get inside and take you down is going to take you down and get on top of you and stay there. Yeah. And even a Glover that's past his prime is still better than like probably about a good eighty five percent of that division. Yep. So Yeah, I mean but Jared, you know, hopefully he'll get better. We'll see him back. Not a not a bad show. I mean not a bad show. Not not a bad I, show. Well, For, to fight somebody that high caliber and like, I, you had a, I say a not, bright you know, moment. Not a bad showing, but like what what what'd you really expect, I guess? Yeah, it was uh, nothing else. Um, unless he pulled the major upset, you kind of knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So this was a case of a two hundred five er getting a little bit of like momentum, and everybody praying that he just came through. Yeah, but that division is Chris Platt. It's about to get David Branch. Yeah, buddy. But we'll talk. We'll talk about that later. But <laughs> uh, right. Belts. <laughs> he does. <laughs> but uh, last last fight on the main card. Last fight on uh, the card. Card. Yeah, this was the one fight uh, that was worth the watch um, from beginning to end. Uh, Dustin Poirier and Jim Miller uh, went into this fight pretty much expecting. Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Uh, I, I thought the fight would end in a finish. It didn't end in a finish, but a lot of action, pretty much just. I straight up a thought straight... Jim Miller was gonna die, like get knocked out in the very first round. Yeah, he. Yeah, Poirier is a, a beast at one fifty-five. He is. He's... Um, he is just so on point. He'd be so yeah. good if he was just like a little bit better defensively. Yeah, I mean. Aside from the the Johnson loss, he's not much else bad to say. I mean, he he took it to Miller. Props to Miller. He he survives a couple of blitzkriegs, but Miller definitely landed his own good shots, and then he tore into Poirier's leg in that third round. I mean, like he brutalized Poirier's leg. Like Poirier posted a picture today of like his foot, and he's like the blood the uh, the blood swelling's like. The blood is finally like leaving my foot, and I can finally walk and put my shoes. On. Man, like I, I don't think he's at the point where he can put his shoes on. Like, oh man, he did look that swollen. And like, it was a back and kind of a back and forth fight. I think Poirier was definitely clearly getting better the better the exchanges. Mm-hmm. But when Miller started landing those leg kicks, I was just thinking like, dude, he's about three kicks away from winning this fight. Yeah. Like I thought it might stop from leg kicks because Poirier just kept going down. This is and... the I want to say the well. Let me check and make sure real quick. Yeah, I think this is the best Poirier uh, Miller has looked against like top fight competition in a long time. Like he he beat Alves, but Alves was coming off that wonky weight cut, 
Yeah. Like he, he, most people think he probably lost the Lozon rematch. And the Gomi fight was against Gomi, so you know. And before that, he was battling with Lyme disease. Or, well, during all that, he was. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. But, like, I always thought Jim Miller was, like, a little bit overrated. Like, um, heading into, uh, not the Diaz fight, the Cerrone fight, he was still a top 10 lightweight, technically. But his last three wins had came over, um, Yancey Madero's, Fabricio Camus, and Joe Lozon. Like, Lozon's solid name, but he beat Fabricio Camus and Yancey Madero's to be a top 10 lightweight. Miller was one of those dudes for me. Like, I like watching him fight. I think he's really skilled. He's one of those dudes that, to me, was like, he's on the verge of being a top guy, but he just never gets, like, the big win that kind of pushes him over. Miller is the example of just how far you can go when you are just not a very... When you don't have that special athletic gift or special physical gift that puts you over the edge. Right. But you got really good worth ethic. and Yeah. You just yeah. You, you you have you don't have um Nate Diaz's length or you know Conor McGregor's power or um Eddie Alvarez's you know expo- uh, just ability to move on the feet or something like that. But right, you you got bits and pieces that work together. I was surprised though, cause Jim Miller's ground game is really really good. But he was, and I feel like I haven't seen him go to his jujitsu in a while. Yeah, dude's old man. Do this all like he's thirty three, but he's been fighting for like since uh, for twelve years now. Yeah, and the last couple of fights he's been in have probably knocked off a few years. He's yeah, like he's had his fair share of brawls. Like he tried. Um, was it the Sanchez fight where he tried to grapple with him and just got out grappled for three rounds? Was it? Might have been. Yeah, like I'm imagining. That that the Lyme disease and everything like that, he just that, he gets taken away from like the wrestling and the jujitsu. Uh, like it takes too much energy. Who do you think is a good uh good matchup for Poirier next? Um, I like Quince is back. He's fighting Diego Sanchez. So you yeah. know if he beats yeah, Diego, I see if, if he beats Diego Sanchez, ally is going to be a fun fight. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to bring. Okay, so my internet's not being kind to me, and <laughs> I can't look at the rankings. Oh, Benil Darius, to... uh, Michael Chiesa. Like, you can't make a bad fight lightweight. I mean, whoever. Yeah, anybody in like the top fifteen, <laughs> maybe even like the top twenty, and it's still a decent fight. Yeah. Um. So I guess. I guess that's it for uh, the fights, but uh, on to other news and happenings. All right, so I got three things in the notes. All right, so do we want to talk about GSP, uh, WSOF, and whatever they got, <laughs> whatever they got going on over uh, there, I, or David David Brand? For, for, for time, I will say um, for WSOF, just throw it, just throw it out there. Um, go listen to the. Inside press row on Sure Dog with Jordan Breed, where he's featuring Mike Russell of Real Fight Stories. That is everything you need to know about WSOF. It's an amazing tale of, uh, of NYPD CI uh, like informant about um, a con man 
Kurdish nationalism, terrorism. <laughs> him, him telling what? Oh, I forgot. Did the article say he told the U.S. that he was fleeing uh, and he was trying to make money for his dying mother? Or... Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> Ali Abdelaziz. Just, he's basically Robin Hood, except he takes oh, it all off the top. Yeah. So yeah, guys. <laughs> Sorry if I sound far away, but yeah, guys. If if yeah, if you get a chance, man, that if I remember, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have to hold on to this article. I'll post it in the show notes. Where he lied so, uh, to the NYPD about being a, like a like a judo Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like yeah man for for people listening man I'm gonna I have to remember to put this article in the show notes like this dude fabricated just I mean props to him man this was a beautiful fabrication it was very elaborate and thought out we but didn't get, we didn't even get to the part where he all the things he did wrong with the world series of fighting like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> He tricked a bunch of rich people out of their money. Oh my god, I'm I'm just <laughs> this guy, man. He he deserves a biopic. I'd watch it. If, if, you want to see them? Uh, apparently, there's like a story about like him beating up Malky Kawa, uh, the like the famous racist ass manager who like hangs around. Uh, I think he's a Bellator now. <laughs> Even the fight career. Also, of apparently, Aziz. I can't remember, but apparently, either the Fertitas or Daniel White called him a like a terrorist. And he was very pissed about that. And I was gonna fight. Oh, you know what? Um, they brought it up in the they brought it up in the press row segment where um they caught it on camera where Mal where um he beat like where he had where he assaults Malky Kawa because mm-hmm. they were doing an interview. And then you see Dana White run by with, like, a UFC camera following him. Mm. And, like, they're interviewing this fighter, but you see Dana White in the background, and he's running by. And apparently that's him going to break up the fight. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. This article is just, yeah. I'm going to have to put this in the show notes. World Series of Fighting... Is the great yes. is one of the great con jobs in sports history. Yeah. One day I'll have a thirty for thirty. This should this definitely is thirty for thirty material. It's gonna it's, it should win a Golden Globe or whatever it is that whatever it is that the OJ movie is up for. And then aside from him, the all the champs are <laughs> the whole organization. I feel like is probably just gonna fold within. I mean, Wait, props well, to them for said, lasting this long. In 2015, they're still they're here. Still, they're still, <laughs> but I feel like at this point, though. So, all right. So apparently, there's all right. Gaethje is still there, but he's gonna fight out his contract and then test the free market, which to me just means I'm leaving. Yep. Mar- no more Marlon Marias, who was probably the brightest talent in that entire. Uh, organization. John, he's gone. John Fitch left, or is retired now, I think, because he's like, yeah. I'm afraid that I have CTE or whatever. Yeah. So no Fitch. Who was their other champion? 
I th- no. I think they lost their flyweight champion. I don't even remember their flyweight. Magomed. <laughs> to be honest. Magomed Bilatov. I, I suck at Russian names. So he's gone. Um, and then, as I found out from you, the heavyweight champ is... Uh... Still there. Oh, he's still there. Yeah. I think All right, so they got, might be their got only one champ guy. left. You got one Gaethje, guy left. Besides Gaethje. Right. And Gaethje, who's on the fence, most likely, about to leave. And then, uh, I guess we'll uh, transition real quick. Uh, David Branch, two-division champ. He did it before Connor. Yep. And he defended both of his belts. Exactly. That's how you do it. Also before Connor. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And he got paid. (laughs) He's uh, coming back to the UFC. This is is his second stint, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think I read earlier his first stint, he went one and he was one and two or one and three, something like that. Something like that. All I remember is he got beat up by Gerald Harris. I think. Yes, he got like yeah, he got slam KO'd by Gerald Harris. Oh man, that was him. He went two and yeah. two in the UFC. I remember that. Yeah, so yeah, actually after that fight he did pretty good for himself. He pre- yeah, he pretty much went the World Series of Fighting and dude, he, handled he, business. He, dude, he beat um freaking Yushin Okami. He knocked him out. I don't remember that fight being close either. Like, no, he, no, he, he, was, he was ahead on the scorecards and he just knocked him out yeah. of the court. Yeah, he pretty handedly beat Yushin. So, I mean... Like, he's beaten some solid... Like, he beat Teddy yeah. Oliver, the guy who beat... Thiago, uh, what was it? Thiago Alves? Yeah. He beat Clifford Starks. He beat Vinny Magalhães. Like, those are guys, like... Those are as good as you're going to get in the American regional scene. So, we've been out here handling yeah. business. Yeah, and if he so, if he really didn't get a pay cut, and he really is about to get paid two hundred thousand dollars per fight, props to him. Yeah, that's a good pay grab. <laughs> that's a especially for somebody who's not a huge name, or I mean, if you're a hardcore, you probably know him, but to like a casual person, yeah, though, man, he's thirty five years David old, Brand. and he just got the biggest contract of his life. Pretty much, and to be honest, I mean. I'm 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 happy to see him over. I hope that he ditches 185 and goes to 205 because I think 205 could use him a lot more. Bodies. Um, yeah, we 205 needs bodies. Any bodies they can get. Anybody who, if you can throw a punch and you're semi-athletic, and you can go to 205 in the UFC, you probably should just do it. If and if you can put on the Reebok shorts and like the Reebok department won't be embarrassed that you're wearing the shorts and you can make 205, <laughs> I say go for yeah. it. So I'm looking at light heavyweight rankings. So what do you think? What's a good? All right, assuming David Branch's first fight is uh against a top fifteen, who's who's a good good matchup, or just anybody you just wouldn't mind seeing them fight? Uh, Shogun. Hmm. What? Because why not? You know why not? Yeah. Why the fuck not? <laughs> I guess I'm not going to argue that. Six heavyweight on the planet, according in the UFC, according to their <laughs> rankings. So, yeah, I'm not a, mad at that. Him or Glover Teixeira and just make a number one contender fight and just call it a day. No, yeah. Nothing matters. I'll say now that I'm actually looking no, at the top fuck 15. It, fuck it. Make him John Jones return fight. <laughs> I mean, hey, promote. Promote that two belt thing the most you can. Hype that fight up as much as you can. I'd like to point out, technically, World Series of Fighting does not own their global like tape library, 
Mm-hmm. So literally, if you don't live in the United, if you don't live in the United States and you have access to their tape library, like they don't legally have any rem- like they legally can't do anything about it. So if, oh, so they can like so, show his highlight reel. So if you want to put, um, I don't know, John Jones was Dave Branch in Mexico. I don't, th- I don't know legally if they could stop them from using their advertising material. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. Branch, yeah, Branch Jones, Branch Shogun. Yeah, I'm not mad at Branch Shogun. I'm not even mad at Branch and Nikita. Every Nikita Krylov fight is a gift. <laughs> he is the mining Al Capone. I'm not mad at that fight. But if he, all right, I was to say, if he does 185. Um, that is dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, he does 185. Oh, who 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 are we trying to see? Whitaker or Jatko? I give him Whitaker. I mean, Whitaker has to fight somebody eventually. Like, yeah. I, like, I don't mean like town wise. I mean like he literally has to fight somebody eventually. I can't remember the last time I saw him. And I mean, <clears throat> albeit Branch's wins have been outside the UFC, but like you said, it's been solid competition and he's a good fighter yeah. you know he's pretty he's pretty well well-rounded but how how high do we think his ufc ceiling is um at light heavyweight if shogun could be number six at light heavyweight i don't see why dave branch can think <laughs> <laughs> like cory anderson's number seven like does the cory all right so does the cory anderson friend... meet up by um shogun you know does he beat dave branch so are we going? Are we going? Friends top five, or we say definitely he's top five. Oh, uh, French top five. Well, French well, Ryan Bader's gone, so that opens up so a whole he other might, spot. <laughs> he might spot in. Yeah, cause so yeah, Bader's gone, so that would bump Manua up to four, and Shogun would be at five. Well, it also doesn't account for John Jones, but we also don't know oh, yeah. if John Jones is ever going to come back because he's insane. So. Mm. And then Gustafson, I don't know what's up with. He's hurt, or, yeah, he's probably hurt. Yeah. I say he's top five. Sure, why not? He'll come over and be top five. I don't know how long he'll stay in that position, but I think he, I think realistically, though, he can, he can get together a few wins. Dude, like, if he beats two of the bottom of the top ten, like, there's no reason he can't be a tight, like, if he beats Vulcan Ozdemir and um, Nikita Krylov, there's no reason not to give him a title shot, like. It, right, it, the champ champ has to defend this belt sometime. Yeah, and, and the pickings are—it's not like they got a whole lot to. Gustafson's Gustafson's always hurt. If Johnson wins the belt, does anybody, is anybody gonna actually put up money to see Glover get knocked out by him again? Yeah, and I, that leaves like Jimmy Manua, who I think they he fought Rumble already, right? And guys, yes, he did, and it did not. Yeah, no one <laughs> wants to see that again. Yeah, like, if you're just looking for a fresh name and like Dave Branch. Yeah, Dave Branch is the hey. He might be the superhero. He might be the and, the hero we need. We needed that we didn't know we needed. And then we can have our WSOF um like two hundred five, like official title to fight like. Right. And we can see who really is the draw because Dave Branch outdrew. Um, at Rumble Johnson in their uh, in their two fights. What was what what card did Dave Branch headline? Was it the second card? 
I was like, who were Dave Brent? Did he was the Okami? Was that a headline? Uh, I think so, but I don't think that was his second fight in WSOL. Because I I remember this start. Okay. Oh, okay. I know what I'm thinking about. Okay, so WSOL two and WSOL five were headlined by Arlovsky Johnson and Arlovsky Kyle, right? And Dave Branch headlined the 10th one. The 10th one ended up doing better than Arlovsky versus Johnson in ratings. <laughs> so by that logic, Dave Branch is a bigger star than Anthony Rumble Johnson. <laughs> and Branch is on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 fight. If I count it right. I'll oh, dude, it'd be a rematch. Number. I forgot they, fight in t- they fought in tight NFC. Wow. Hey, man, Branch has been around the... He's been around the block. Oh, he lost... Well, he lost a decision. That's, that's admirable, considering most people get slaughtered by Rumble, so... Yep. Hey, man, you never know. Dave Branch might come over and... Wreck um... shop. Right. <laughs> and I feel like at this point in MMA, anything's possible, but... Seriously though, best best of luck to him. I hope they are paying him that two hundred grand. If dude, if you pulled off that contract, I I can't hate on you. Get definitely get your money, <laughs> and and wear wear your two belts everywhere you go. Yeah, just tape over the WSOF and just be like, I'm the champ. All right, just you're gonna be the new. All right, you're not gonna be the new Connor, but he's gonna be bigger than Connor. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, I guess uh, last topic that I can think of, uh, this just broke today earlier. At least I think it did. I just saw yep. it earlier while I was at work. Mr. But, uh, Ariel Hawani broke the news. Yeah, the, the, the champ. Georges. The, the, the god. He's back. Uh, uh, the, allegedly. Uh, well, I, I guess you could say it's official. We don't have a fight lined up. But, yeah. but he is allegedly close to finalizing a deal. Yeah, so it's it's looking like this this is a real this is not a drill. Uh, Saint Pierre is back. Um, when I first saw the article, I had a <laughs> I had a mixture of emotions. Uh, mm-hmm. GSP, I'll say he is my all time favorite fighter. Mm-hmm. So of course, initial reaction was King's back. I'm excited. I don't care how what people feel about the Johnny Hendricks fight. He might have lost. But according to the athletic commission, he won, so I'm sticking with that. <laughs> but I was excited to see him see him back. And then I started thinking, all right, um, who 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 are we matching him up with? And has the it's Silva. Yeah, I mean, it has to be, doesn't it? At this point. So you don't think he goes back for his belt? I, I think he wants to. But I also think. Let's not make any like. Let's not sugarcoat this. Like he's back. Like the reason they didn't bring him back is because I think the UFC thought they were going to be like have Ronda and have Connor and they wouldn't need him. All right. Yeah. Or at least have like have somebody who they could sell. Right. But Connor's kind of just doing his fuck UFC thing right now. <laughs> Ronda's essentially gone. Yeah, Paige Van Zant kind of fell face first on, uh, like when they gave her like they were gearing up to give her the reins and 
you know, run with the ship for a little bit. Um, who else? Who else? Sage is Sage, and you know, he's ten years away from being a good fighter. Um, so we we they UFC is kind of like WME has to start paying back their loans soon. Like if not already, then really soon. Yeah, and they're gonna have to go for the cash, right? Yeah, and they're gonna yeah they need money. Like this is this this is that. And, yeah, and if I, I don't know if the UFC will go like you know what, um, just go fight the winner of Lawler versus uh, not Lawler Thompson versus Woodley, and we'll we'll and you know we'll make money that way, or they're going to go for the fight that they know is going to bring in like near a million. Yeah, buys. Like, yeah, I was gonna say now that yeah now that you actually bring that up, the silver fight probably does make a lot of sense because I mean. I know a few years ago, this fight had a lot of steam, and I think it was something everybody wanted to see a lot more because they were both still in their prime. Right. You got struck with the iron's um, hot. You can't let it happen with yeah. boxing, right? Right. And, you know, so, the famous Fertitta tweet goes, freaking Silva Jones, it's, it's happening. Yeah, and we all... Uh, well, I didn't hold my breath for that fight. Yeah, it's... Uh, the, it's a mess. Yeah, but I think GSP and Silva, that's a good... I mean, because, you know, luckily for GSP, he's, he never he never lost the belt. So, technically, he's still coming in on the win streak. He's just rusty. Also, so, also worth noting that um, he never actually, like, left the gym. Like, he got... I think he tore his ACL. He tore his ACL again, and he's been in the gym ever since. Been... Yeah, every time I see him on social media, he's still training with any and everybody. Yeah, like so when, if he comes back and it's not going to be this whole, oh my god, he looks so shot. Oh my god, it's going to be you know he's probably going to have lost a step. He's gotten older, but it's not going to be where he, technically he looks like a BJ Penn or something. Yeah, the skills probably. I I don't doubt the skill probably didn't. It hasn't left. Yeah, but. So, all right, so if we do GSP Silva, I'm assuming this will be at middleweight because I know GSP has talked about even fighting, possibly wanting to fight Bisping at middleweight, so I only assume they'll do this at 185. If if they do it and that he does beat Silva, like if this all does come together, he does beat Silva, there's no way they don't give him, like, Michael Bisping. Yeah, you would have And to I do. think that's what Michael Bisping's just, like, waiting on. Like, where he's like, oh, I'm not going to fight you, Romero, blah, 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 barbarian, blah, 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 or something racist, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I think he's waiting. Like, he's waiting uh, He's waiting for them to – I think he heard something, and he's waiting for them to sign GSP and be like, either I'm going to leverage this into a GSP fight or I'm going to leverage this into GSP silver fight. If, if GSP comes back, fights silver, and wins, even though – They've both, you know, not in their primes anymore. Does that win still hold as much weight as it would maybe a couple of years ago? Does it like add to the legacy of being argued the goat? Or I think the fact that he's the only one of the, like the three or four got like it's him, it's Silva, it's Fedor, and it's Jones. And Silva and Jones got already pops for like drugs, so you have to take them out the conversation. And, um, I don't know. Fedor has not been helping his career as of late. And Fedor was, yeah, like, 
who would have thought that Fedor would be the guy who who was just having people like turn on him and Teal Ortiz retires on top <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah like, I think at this point you can't really argue that he's not the best UFC champion you know what I mean yeah and I would say if he beats if he hypothetically if he beats Silva and he gets the title shot with Bisbing and he beats Bisbing I think undisputed GOAT I don't think it's even an argument yeah I don't think he could. And I thought, God, I love John Jones as a fighter, but his outside shenanigans. I thought he was going to be the runaway GOAT. I mean, like, I picked John Jones over basically anybody in MMA history. Maybe not, like, prime King Velasquez, but... Yeah, anybody else he probably... Like, he's... John Jones is like a clusterfuck of a human being, but it's part of the reason he's so good at fighting. Right. Dude is such... <laughs> Like, I, I want to see him fight again so bad because it's just like it's so, it's just amazing watching that dude fight. But yeah, man, G, GSP. If all right, let's say let's say he doesn't get like an immediate title shot or he doesn't get the silver fight right off the bat. Um, anybody in one eighty five or one seventy, what's a good quote unquote? tune-up fight like a good well, i'm coming back to the octagon then, but i'm not gonna fight a champion they're not yet. gonna give him a tune-up fight they're gonna give him somebody who will make a lot of money and at that point it's either gonna be connor or it's gonna be nick nick diaz oh God, i don't want to see either of <laughs> i pray to god i don't want to see a gsp connor fight i don't I feel like I'm going to go into a tangent because I'm going to just sound like a Connor hater. But, ah, you know what, though? I could see the Connor GSP fight happening, though. Because, like you said, uh, loans do not pay themselves. Um, <laughs> Connor and GSP, that just screams money grab. That's a $2 million, that's a mil two million buy rate fight. Yeah, off rip. Like, that's without even any other announcements on the card. Yeah. Like, those two alone are... They're bringing in money. Um, do you think the game maybe have... I guess it's kind of hard to say because we're you know, we we're not going to know what GSP is going to be like until we physically see him back. Mm -hmm. But do you think the game has kind of evolved that maybe he might be a few steps behind? Or you think he'll be able to get right back in the mix? Well, like when he was fighting Johnny Hendricks and um, Robbie Lawler... Oh, well, he didn't fight Robbie Lawler, but Robbie Lawler was in the title picture. I, I was thinking, to, uh, like, I thought that, honestly, the game had kind of passed him by by then. But he's such a shrewd um, fighter that he was able to pull out the win against Hendricks, even though, you know, he, a lot of people doubt he didn't win. Like, solid, like, amazingly technical like, defensive wrestlers and combination punchers like with power who were able to you know, make the small adjustments on the inside that were able to let uh put you know put uh put power on his face and stuff like that like i think those like were the two toughest matchups for him and now they're gone so it, it like woodley wonder boy maya they, i would love to see gsp and maya actually that's a fight i would love to see yeah, that was a fight I wanted to see before GSP went over yonder. Yeah. But 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an interesting, that's a real interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, those are, like, they all have their own little, little weirdness to them. I don't think Tyron Woodley is so amazing that um, just because they'll just out-wrestle him for three rounds. Like, honestly. We're not that far from um, Woodley just, like, looking completely clueless against Rory McDonald. <laughs> yeah. And then, the, then you come to Lawler. I think Lawler might be the toughest matchup out of the three for him. Yeah, see, that was honestly I was thinking when after GSP beat Hendricks. I love GSP, but I thought if he would have fought Lawler, I, of course, like, I, I root for GSP always, but I, the, I think Lawler would have. Yeah, like besides the wrestling, like, are you kidding me? Like, you, Lawler couldn't do what Hendricks did, but with more power not pa- yeah power i guess because that's when more power probably better technique yeah yeah he killer and if gsp wouldn't be able to take him down that probably that fight would have been a long night and, and Bowers <laughs> has ridiculous takedown defense like, yeah there was a point in the um mcdonald like the mcdonald fight i think it was the rematch where mcdonald clearly they like, had him hurt and tired and shot so deep on, so deep on him that uh, it looked it looked inevitable that he was about to get taken down, and he just stuffed it like it was nothing. Got up <laughs> face again, and I can't remember if it was that same fight. Somebody had took him down, and he was literally laughing, like. <laughs> and I think he ended up getting back up. It might have been the Brown fight. <laughs> like he got taken down, he was literally smiling, like he just knew he was gonna pop back it up, was, and he did. It was a Brown or uh, Ellenberger, I think. Man, but yeah, like Lawler, I think is a tough fight for him. Yeah. Wonder Boy has me up in the air because his reach and everything like that. But I, he's gotten be- a lot better as a wrestler. I'm not sure that that changes anything. You know, he yeah, Wonder Boy is one of those dudes. He the championship potential is there. I just feel like he, I don't know, maybe he just needs to tweak a little something here. They're like he's almost there. Yeah. Uh, like, honestly, I expect him to beat Woodley this time. I do, too. I, I thought he should have won the first fight, but I think that was kind of me underestimating Woodley. Yeah. Woodley did a lot better than that in that fight than I probably gave him credit for. Absolutely. But, but, but that fight made me, uh, I don't want to say big on Woodley, but it... it I, the respect went up. The respect went up because his game is not very terribly complicated, but he makes he makes it work. Right. Yeah. Man, so yeah, we just kind of ran through the the gamut. Any uh, anything else going on in the the fight world? Any other? Let me go back to my notes. Did I miss anything? Um, not really. Um, I don't think unless you want to talk about any of these fights that were announced, but like, I figure we'll get to them eventually. Uh, you wanna? What's, where we're at? We're about an hour twenty-six. Uh, did we? Did we? <laughs> all right, hold on. What's the next UFC card? I'm, I'm trying to avoid Bellator at all costs. Okay. Well, now I have to talk about Bellator. <laughs> all right, we'll do Bellator first. Let me get this this pain out of the way. Um, uh, tune in on Saturday on, on Spike TV or Paramount TV or whatever it's being called now because they're changing the name. Um, where. MMA legend Pedro Emelianenko is probably going to get knocked out by Matt Mitrione. 
probably. And and other than that fight, uh, not a whole lot going else on this uh, card. I mean, all right, you got Josh Thompson and Patricky. That, that might be halfway interesting. And I'm pretty sure wait. if Thompson wins that, he's going to get Chandler. Yep. So odds uh, are he's going to lose. Because that's the here's that's my the way they, that's the way these things go. You know what I mean. <laughs> My thoughts are if Patricky comes in with that 70-style porn stash, he's losing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, he, he has to get rid of the stash. If the stash stays, he's not winning. If he if he shaves the stash, he, he might he'll pull it out. And we got Congo and Holly Thompson, Koscheck versus Mauricio Alonso. And then after that, this card just kind of uh... a... <laughs> I mean, it's a steep... Well, there's like one interesting fight on the um the prelims, and it's uh where is it? Antoli Tolov versus Francisco Franca. Um, since middleweight is basically a dead division in Bellator, I know they just signed um was it uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. the BJJ World Champion. Mm. But um. Yeah, so the fight to watch in the prelims is Anatoly Tolov versus Francisco Franco, the middleweight fight. I don't. It probably doesn't have title implications, but fuck, you can get a title, middleweight title. Maybe. Yeah, I'm about to say and, uh, if they string together a good two, three wins, they'll at least be in contention. Yeah, and Tolov's a good fighter. He's a guy who probably should have been off the Russian circuit a long ass time ago. Um. I mean, I guess we probably got the same thing. Uh, predictions, Fedor, Mitrione, two, one round, two rounds. How, how do we see this? Um, one round. One round. One round. Well, you know what? Yeah. Fedor could be Mitrione. Mitrione's chinny. He's not... Fabio Maldonado is nothing but, you know, freaking cast iron tough. So Fedor not being able to put uh, Fabio Maldonado away might not be, the you know, the end of the world. But Mitrione probably be by being athletic and young, well, not younger, but um, less shop worn. Yeah, still has some of that explosive spark to knock guys out. Yeah. So. Uh, God, this fight hurts my soul. I'll just say whoever wins wins in the first round. I'm probably gonna watch this fight with one eye open, and pray for the best. <laughs> yeah, I just want—I just want if, to point out if Fedor had beaten Fabio Maldonado, and he probably would be in the UFC right now. Probably. That that UFC dream I gave up a while ago. Actually, at this point, even if he went on a win streak, I'm not sure I want to see it anymore. I was watching that as I was watching that fight. I like I could just see like the contract getting put through the shredder. If you go see it already. <laughs> You know what? I don't think I actually watched that fight, to be honest. Oh, my God. It's so like, yeah. Like, I heard everybody told me about it, and then, like, I might have seen, a, like, a minute or two of it, and I was like, I can't watch this. Like the, like, it got kind of boring after the um, first round, where, like, Fedor kind of just took over with his, like, more technical style, and Fabio Maldonado just kind of shut down. But, um, yeah, that first five minutes... Oh my god, it was beautiful. It was just the circus that is MMA in Russia and in MMA in general. Great in favoritism. Uh, I'll I'll add that fight on my my watch list. Yeah, if you just if you have to just watch the fight. If you can't sit through the whole thing, just watch the first round. It's amazing. God. 
And I guess uh, predictions for this next UFC card: uh, Black Beast, yeah, Derek Lewis against uh, Travis Brown. You see, Travis Brown finally left um, Glendale Fight Club. I think yeah. he's the Kings now. I'm not sure. I'm, like, I don't remember. Um, but I'll go with Derek Lewis tentatively, and that's just favoritism. It's just bias. I want him yeah. to win. Best po- best post fight interviews, pretty much of all time. <laughs> Top five, at Top least. five. Top five. I have five bonus money spender. Dude just bought like a yellow <laughs> or like a golden go kart or whatever. <laughs> what I'll say though about Derek Lewis that I like is after the the Nelson fight, a lot of fighters. Well, I can't say a lot. Some people do, but he acknowledged that that fight was pretty garbage, yeah. and that he he was pretty adamant that he wasn't satisfied with what he did. So. And oh, also, shout out, also because he's an American hero, just pointing out. He is. He should be everybody's role model. Dude got drunk when he was like 19 years old. Had a bunch of KK member, KKK members just pull a shotgun out of him and just proceed to beat their ass. <laughs> and got sent to jail for because he was on probation. <laughs> oh, man. You know who else is on this card? Oh, my man who got called out, Mr. Jack Marshman. Yo, who's that? <laughs> yeah. Jack Marshman and Tiago Santos. That's a fun little middleweight fight. I'll be <clears throat> rooting for Marshman just because. Some, Sam Alvey, has, Sam Alvey, main event. <laughs> Wales. Oh, man. But, so we, what are the dates for these cards? So the... Bellator card is on the 18th, so that is this Saturday. Uh, the UFC, oh, UFC card is the 19th. Yep. That's why. Why did I? God, I hate the UFC doing cards on Sunday. Then I have to stay up late and be tired for. Oh God, I'm gonna have to pick. Okay. The the well, everybody's gonna hate me. I'm gonna have to pick between the UFC and Walking Dead. <laughs> I think <laughs> the main card is kind of garbage. I'm not gonna lie. It's I, no, it's actually really garbage. Um. Like he- Hendrix Lombard, Hendrix Lombard in the co-main event. That's a, that's a, is, that could be fun. Or it could be like just Stone Cold terrible. Like, I think Lombard bullies him. I think I think Lombard bullies him. I don't. My faith in Hendrix is kind of depleted. But, and Lombard doesn't always have the best performances. But they also got knocked out by like one-legged standing back fists by Old Man Henderson. <laughs> I know I, I know Henderson hits hard, but. The man was on one leg, and he literally just swung his arm back. <laughs> that was a nasty KO, though. It was. <laughs> that was brutal. But, alright, so probably for that card, I'll watch the main event, and I'll probably have to go back and rewatch the other fights, so I'm not going to lie. When Walking Dead comes on, I'll kind of shut everything else uh, up. It's one of the... Just shout out three other, uh, well, uh, like four other fights, I guess, really quick. Um... Sarah McMahon riding a two-fight win streak in a division where, like, three of the top five fighters left in 2016, 2017. Mm. So, uh, a win over late replacement Gina Mazzani probably doesn't get her a title fight, but it might get her an eliminator belt against someone like um, the, the, the Rocky Pennington or uh, run back like a Liz Carmouche or 
No, they might even give her Holly Holm. Because and put that on like FS1. That's what um the sport sound off guys were saying. But uh, that's a, uh. that's a, yeah, McMahon getting wins is good because I McMahon seems like you know the nicest woman. And then I just noticed also we got the return of Carla Esparza, who I felt like I have not seen in she? quite some time. What's Juliana uh, Pena? Lima, Juliana Lima, in um, April last year. So almost a year, yeah. Uh, so she, she, she comes ma- She back. managed to duck her way of fighting both Jessica Andrade <laughs> and Claudia Gadelia. <laughs> and and, and that's not like me judging her. It's just telling, staying a fact because... Yeah, no, it's just me staying a fact. She she dug Claudia Gadelia and Jessica Andrade. Well, to her credit... um. I won't give you a pass on Gedalia. I will give you a pass for ducking Andrade. I I would duck that fight too. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, she's def- fighting um Randa Marcos, and Randa Marcos really needs this win because she went from what one of the jewels in the rough on tough, where people thought she was going to go out and like be this like amazing breakaway fighter, and that and she's coming off of armbar loss to Courtney Casey. She's what um one, two and three in the UFC so far. Yeah, it's, it's, she she hasn't grown. Like uh, maybe we'll save this for next week. But apparently she's like hopping the board to go train in Detroit at Darren Kruchenk's gym. Kruchenk's. Mm. She left TriStar. They'll train with Darren Crookshank and his team. I'm not sure that was the best move. We'll see. We'll see. Shout out to Paul Felder. He's on here too. Oh, yes. No. Yep, Paul Felder versus Alessandro Ricci. Uh, Whoever that uh, fellow is. Um, shout out to Farah Sahabi's little brother, Eamon Sahabi, who's making his debut against uh, Reginald, uh, Reginald Vera. He is. Oh, snap. He is arguably Canada's best prospect. I'm, I'm not sure that's saying much anymore, because Canada, the, the Canada regional scene is just so dry, and there's just no way to get fights. So guys just end up retiring, just mad young, <laughs> or they just go do like kickboxing or something. I didn't know that. Is he? A, is he a striker? Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't think I've seen him fight. Didn't know Faraz had a little brother, <laughs> but that's dope though. I'll definitely, definitely be be pulling for him though. That's that'll be a good little feel good story. And you know, and my personal main event from the card is Santiago Ponzinibbio versus Nordin Taleb. Santiago Ponzinibbio is part of that welterweight mid tier, mid upper tier core where they're just violent as fuck. <laughs> Again, that Tim Means boat. Where they're they're right. not quite there at, as a top ten fighter yet, but good God, they could murderize just about anybody else in this division. Oh, he beat Court McGee. Court McGee, Zach Cummins, uh, Sean Strickland, and Andreas Stahl. Uh, he put up a decent enough fight against Larkin. Like it, it wasn't. Um... Yeah, he's got some solid, some solid. And, and he's a quality top fifteen welterweight, I think. 
and he's fighting somebody who's coming off of um like Noreen Taleb has just kind of been the prime example of why people don't like Varasa Sahabi fighters which is kind of boring he's coming off of KO went over Eric Silva but God, I don't even want to <laughs> that guy's now I don't even like to speak of his name anymore <laughs> oh man oh real quick though before we close I want to get I, was this on the UFC Houston card I gotta give a shout out to my man Curtis Blades oh, yeah. for the the wrestling clinic that he uh I can't who did he fight I cannot remember the guy he fought Adam Milstead yeah man Blades look he looked good man Dude, he finally he, got out the UFC gym yeah like he looked he looked good, man. I, I, I did not know he was he, still in the UFC gym. That's insane. <laughs> no wonder he got his ass beat by friggin' um, Francis Ngannou. You know what, though? Props to even that fight because I feel like at this point, going to a decision with Ngannou is like... Oh, he didn't go to the decision. Like, <laughs> yeah. The ref stopped it after like, the, the doctor stopped at the second round. Oh, I thought that. Okay. But, um, no, like, he's tough as shit. Like... Yeah, man. Curtis he, Blades has all the he, upside in the world for heavyweight. He's yeah, man. Future top ten guys. I hope he pans out to be as good as because Lord knows heavyweight needs the needs the talent, and he's he's got he's good, definitely got something special there. I hope he. And aside from having like the coolest name you could possibly have. Also, sh- pr- thoughts and prayers with Adam Milstead's knee because good. Oh God. yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot his knee blew out. And didn't they? Didn't his knee go out the first, and he still came out? He, he went out. It went out in the first. Like I think he tweaked it as um, uh, Blaze was like uh, redragging him down to the ground, like on reentry, and um, like he obviously heard it. Like he grimaced, he grabbed it, but he kept fighting, and then the round was over, and he like tiptoed back to his uh, corner. And I don't know why they send them back out. Yeah, like, I get it. You guys trying to be tough, but yeah, you gotta... You gotta protect them, like... Yeah, you gotta protect them. Now he's probably not gonna fight. I know you wanted, like, him to get that bonus, that win bonus money and everything. Yeah, move up the rankings and everything, but, like, one, he's not gonna stop... He couldn't stop a takedown with two legs. How's he gonna stop him? One. Two, you just screwed him out all the paychecks he would earn this year for fighting if he had you know, came yeah. back. So, yeah. you, you know, you shoot yourself in your foot. So, yeah, that's just a terrible corner. Yeah, that was not. Yeah, oh yeah. Hopefully, it gets better. Yeah, that that was. I forgot that happened. That was a brutal. That was, pretty that was really injury. fucked up. Is the dude's like he? What's he do? He does. He lays like. Um, I want to say he does railroad work, like railroad work. Uh, like he lays like pikes and everything, for tracks. You can't go to work Monday, right? <laughs> you can Monday, Tuesday. That's that's a call out all week, dude. Maybe even longer. He could have torn. Yeah, he might have torn his ACL or something. Like, yeah, that's respect the fighters, man. Respect the fight. We got you got to protect your. That's... You got to protect your fighter. Yeah, that's not not a good look. Yeah, and you you just took. Years probably off that man's career, just off that one little, that one moment when you decide to send him back yeah. out, and yeah. But uh, we are coming up on an hour forty plus. Uh, we got a lot covered though. Right. Um, 
Any last uh, pardon shots? Uh, go watch regional MMA, please. Keep it uh, support the sport. Um, CFFC uh, CFFC 63 is going down in Atlantic City uh, at the Borgata this weekend, February 18th. If you want, Dan is supposed to be there, right? Uh, yes, he's going to be there for looking for a fight. Guys like um, God, I don't know how to pronounce his man's name. Um, Zulu and Ian Wu, uh, heavyweight Sean T, heavyweight title fight. Former uh, former UFC fighter Nick Pace. Dude who um, introduced the Polori choke, pace choke, whatever, to the UFC. First bantamweight fight in the UFC. He's trying to put his career back together after some slip-ups where he missed weight. Like he fought Miguel Torres six pounds overweight. And um, he's defending his title against his fighter out of Turkey, uh, Kai Ratley. And you got Bill Leggio versus Jared Gordon at Featherweight for a title. So go watch that. Come back to America's. They're doing big crap in, like, Mexico. They got, like, a big Latin America deal. So expect a lot of just really talented Latin fighters. That's, um, that's going to be February 16th. Um, and Cage Warriors, duh. Which is, like, Cage Warriors, you know, best of European MMA. It's always fun. Cage Warriors 18 is this Saturday, February 18th. Oh, man, so it's MMA all weekend. Yep. And, oh, there's LFA. LFA 4 is on Friday on AXS TV. And... Oh, my God. I hope I can watch that. I I, I love... Because I, I used to love watching RFA and Legacy, and I have not watched them combined forces well, yet. Well, you have extra <laughs> reason to, because um, Angela Lee is going to be defending her... Oh, is it... No. Angela is going to be fighting for the inaugural LFA flyweight t- uh, championship in the co-main event. Hold up, Angela H- Lee. Angela like... KJ, uh, KGB Lee. Oh, KGB yes. Lee. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking of the chick from 1FC. <laughs> Completely different person. Oh, her name isn't even Angela. No, it's, it? I can't remember her first name. I'm sorry. God, what is her uh, name? Amanda? Oh, my God. This is going to bug me now. I, can't, I think what I mixed is... them up, too. I, I can't remember uh, KGB's real what first name. It? We'll figure it out. Uh, I, do I care enough to check? Uh, <laughs> oh no, Andrea. Andrea is the chick. From... Andrea KGB. Yeah. Okay, Angela is the one from yeah, yeah, one. No, no, you're right. Um, okay. and in the main events, Kevin Aguilar and Damon Jackson, who Damon Jackson, a former UFC fighter. So yeah, former. Uh, was he RFA or Legacy? He was one Legacy. of those two. He, I know. Yeah, he beat. Yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, Leonard Garcia for the Legacy Featherweight Championship. Yeah, for the Legacy belt. So, you know, there's some stuff there. Yeah, so that's definitely dope. Uh, yeah, good regional shows. And as far as I've seen, especially... Oh, uh, and I'm going to sue the... If you oh, like but. amateur wrestling, Freestyle World Cup is back on. Trump couldn't stop it. <laughs> hey, Ron. <laughs> it's going to be America and um, Iran and a bunch of other countries... That won't do as well. Bunch uh, freestyle World Cup will be uh, February sixteenth and seventeenth, and you can check that out on uh, United World Wrestling's um, website. So UWW. That's good. I guess uh, my pardon shot. 
Uh, I want to give a shout out to my man Tom Dukenwa. Yeah. I hope I'm not. He, uh, I think, I don't think he has a fight lined up, but I think he's supposed to fight in April. Yes. Um, former two division champ from Bama. I, I'm so excited to see this dude fight. This I want to see blood and fireworks, and I'm I'm pretty sure that's what he's gonna bring. So be on the lookout for this dude, man. He's gonna come over. I I ain't gonna say he's gonna be champ or anything, but he's gonna make some noise, and he's probably gonna knock some people out. He is so, absolutely freaking just amazing. Like he does such weird athletic things. Like um, I can't remember which fight it was, but I remember someone shot a double leg on him and lifted him up, and he got a wizard. And he hit it so hard that he snapped the other guy down to the like the ground head first. <laughs> it was absolutely yeah, an athletic freak. Yeah, man, this dude. He between him and potentially Marias coming. Oh wait, over, it looks like he does have a date. He it, does. Yeah, I think it's in April, but I don't know if he has an. I don't think he has an it opponent. It's April fifteenth on the UFC on Fox twenty four card. Uh, no opponent is announced, but as the day approaches, the blue chip has been realistic view. Yep. Yeah, man. So yeah, listeners, man, Tom Duke and why be be on the lookout. This dude's gonna be. Is he somebody to to keep an eye on? He's gonna be a problem. But, uh, band, I'm late. He's definitely, he's gonna definitely be proud. That division's, if they get him and Marias, that division. I mean, it's it's already pretty good, but there's a Shark Tank. Yeah, it's it's gonna be that division gonna be real deep. It's gonna be a lot of problems in that division. But I guess for today that will uh, be the show. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, I can't remember if I stated this on air. Um, eventually I will get this podcast back on SoundCloud probably next week because uh, I know SoundCloud is pretty podcast friendly and I would like the podcast to be spread in more places so this will be back on SoundCloud hopefully next week on Friday. I'll update the page and put all of the episodes of the Dojo Talk podcast on there um, as always when people are being kicked and punched in the face, we'll be there to talk yeah, about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm making that the official tagline. I'm making sure I say that every episode. But I mean, it's true. We'll, uh, it is definitely true. Uh, so we got a lot of fights that are going to happen this weekend. So we'll be back uh, probably, you know, mid next week. And we'll run through the gamut of fights of everybody getting knocked out. And we'll let you know what. We thought about it. Um, So thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later.